Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. One, two, three. Hello and welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I'm Dustin Levy, joined by Dan DeLuca and Alex Martin. And I'm happy to report that we are no longer a bunch of vagabonds. We are back in our office enjoying the air conditioning. And we are here to recap another eventful week in high school football. And if we're talking eventful, we have to start with First Baptist Golden Gate. Alex, I'll let you take it away. No defense, first off. No, I'm kidding. Um, It it was a really competitive game uh, from start to finish. Golden Gate really tried to set the tone early. Jermaine Fabian takes the opening kickoff 80 yards. FBA responds uh, with a touchdown drive of their own. Uh, Ethan Cross caps it off, and then the Lions opt to go onside and recover, giving them the ball right away again. Go down the field, score once again. Um, and then from there, it was just blow for blow until both these teams got into the 40s. And FBA just was the better offensive team. Uh, Golden Gate could not seem to have the speed to get to the edge against the Lions. Um, that seemed to be a real problem for them. Missed tackles across the board. But Winston Watkins, um, his impact in that offense was immediate uh, five catches for 178 and two touchdowns it, it really looked reminiscent of last year's FBA team being able to run the football effectively and throw the ball uh, rather than what we've kind of seen the last three games or last two games before this um, where they just didn't really have much of a run game but this team now completely different team you know forget the first five games of the year or first four games of the year rather and you know this team's just completely different offensively um defensively i mean yeah they've they've had their struggles but you know the the fba offense just showed that it can win in a shootout and and especially against one of our area's top squads and here's head coach billy sparasio talking about friday's win you know i mean we got a we got a lot of good guys and our quarter we run a lot of rpos and our quarterback does what he feels is there so um as the game progresses different things open up and you know when the ball comes your way you make a play and I, I'm super proud of the way he when when the ball went his way he made a play and he made one of the biggest plays if not the biggest play tonight great catch and this week we also saw some teams get their first wins of the season we saw Lehigh beat Ida Baker coach Antoine Dixon said if they returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown he would buy his kids some wings and that's what happened so I guess he Owed his kids some wings. Uh, and Dan, you also saw one of those teams get their first one of the season in North Fort Myers. Yeah, pretty dominating performance by the Red Knights. They beat Cape Coral 49-7. to uh, That was a district game also. And I know North Fort Myers, after their own fourth start, were kind of looking at the start of district play as, as a new season. Um, could kind of see uh, North improving the last couple of weeks. Played a really hard schedule, starting off with Fort Myers, Dunbar, South Fort Myers, and then Lemon Bay. Those teams only have, I believe, four losses combined. Uh, really could have beaten South Fort Myers. That was a one-score game. Lost by one point uh, to Lemon Bay, who is still an undefeated team. 
and uh, kind of put it all together against Cape Coral. They won 49-7, to scored 42 points in the second half. Just looked really good. Uh, they did get uh, starting quarterback Bryce DeRoss back. Uh, he was injured in the Fort Myers game in, in week one, missed the next three games. He doesn't look like he's 100% as a big brace on his knee, but just kind of calmed everything down on offense, ran the offense well. North didn't have a turnover and uh, really put it on Cape. Got to ask you. Looked like seven was in the backfield uh, for this one. It seemed like it was about time that they did that. Yeah, they were they were using the direct snap to uh, to Andre Devine. Um, scored what one touchdown off of it, and uh, I, I think some of that too was uh, DeRoss isn't as mobile uh, with with the knee injury. He did rush for one touchdown, um, so I, I think that'll definitely add another kind of wrinkle to that North Fort Myers offense, similar to what they used to do with Bo Somerset putting him in the backfield. Uh, they also played a couple of their D tackles, including Adrian Stone on the offensive line uh, for for uh, a couple series, uh, which really uh, was interesting to see. So uh, it'll be worth watching North down the stretch to see if they can kind of keep this going. And while Dan was out west, I was down in Collier County uh, watching a, a bit of a controversial one, uh, Naples shutting out Baron Collier, 24 nothing. Um, but the biggest play in this game happened early on. Um, you know, first play of the game, uh, Nico Boyce with, you know, great pass for, for a first down to his receiver. And, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, th- this is going to be a game. And then a few plays later, uh, Boyce gets knocked out of the game. Um, he was down on the field for quite a bit, uh, able to walk off on his own power, which was Great to see, but uh, yeah, the the play itself uh, was kind of the the center of controversy um, over whether, you know, there was intent in lowering the head. Um, It it was a helmet-to-helmet clash. Head coach Rick Martin um, obviously expressed his sympathies for for Nico, who who played for Naples last year, um, but he described it as kind of a bang-bang football play. Uh, Mark Jackson didn't see it that way. Uh, He thought there was maybe some intent. He was obviously... Frustrated after the game, it uh, it took Nico out. Um, their backup uh, Brian Williams went in, and to be honest, he probably you know facing the Naples defense probably played better than maybe ninety percent of backups would. Um, kind of thrown into that situation, he, he turned the ball over a few times, but uh, he he was able to to make plays. You know they were able to move the ball on offense, which was good to see. But yeah, after after that play, it, it was all Naples, um, and we got to see something kind of interesting in the in their running game. Uh, last week it was Jamar Jerome who kind of went off. Uh, earlier in the season, it was Sean Simeon. Um, but last Friday it was all about Martavian Young, who wasn't a player I'd heard of prior to the game. Uh, apparently, he tore his ACL last year, but uh, he was incredibly impressive. Uh, just two gains of fifty plus yards. You know, one of the plays I was recording that he scored a touchdown on, I had to kind of jerk my phone really quickly because he was just so fast. But uh, that running back room by committee is, has done a really good job to start the season. So I was wondering um, if you guys saw any other results that stood out to you. Uh, I'd say Gulf Coast, Palmetto Ridge was a little surprising just for the margin. Gulf Coast only wins that one 14 to 10. Um, kind of expected a little bit of a better performance against Palmetto Ridge, but I, I think it just shows that Gulf Coast has kind of struggled uh, on offense pretty much all season long, and it seems like that's still continuing. Another game I wanted to mention was South Fort Myers getting a comeback win over Mockley. They were down 19 to 7 in this one. 
31 points, I, I'm sure, you know, Coach Willis May was probably not happy with the team giving up that many points given how they start on defense to start the season. However, two of those were defensive scores by the Indians, and it was good to see kind of the way South was able to respond. It's kind of showing how they're taking uh, the next step in that program. And they're 4-1 and one now. Um, this is a team that, you know, Willis May was really high on. A lot of these guys were kind of easing into their first varsity action last year after that large senior class from 2021 graduated or 2022 rather, Um, you know, this is a team that's really grown over the years together now. Um, They have chemistry. You know, this team is pretty much one win away from, you know, securing a 500 season at worst. And, um, you know, it is not a uh, generous second half for them, but it is, you know, it'll provide good tests. Um, You know, they're going to have Dunbar. They're going to have Mariner. They're going to have Fort Myers here in, I think, two weeks. Um, this South team is really intriguing here to see if they can really make some noise and, you know, especially in a loaded 3S. Um, but I do want to talk about another surprising score, Dunbar 35, Cypress like nothing. I bring this score up because it was only 9 nothing at halftime. Um, and Dunbar has been, you know, relatively quick out of the gate for the most part uh, this season against inferior opponents. That was not the case this time. Uh, it was a two-score game going into the fourth quarter, and um, the Tigers needed all four quarters to pull away from Cypress and to move to 5-1 and one on the year. So um, should be a uh, interesting little bye week for them to see what happens. Um, they're obviously not going to play this week. They go to Lowndes a uh, week from now. So should be a good little test for them. But, yeah, I was a little bit surprised by that result. Yeah, and another team in that district that was kind of tested a little bit, maybe in, not in a way that we expected, was Fort Myers. Uh, they eventually pulled away for a 34-16 win against Eastleigh County. But that first half, it was very competitive, and Eastleigh had a couple leads. Uh, they had some touchdowns that were called back. But, uh, you know, the Greenies have yet to really kind of pull together a, a full four quarters. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to kind of get it together when they play a, a couple more district games down the stretch. All right, that was everything for recapping the Week 6 games. After the break, we are going to break down some of our districts and make some predictions. Let's go! Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at naplesnews.com, news-press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Welcome back. Last week on the podcast, we handed out mid-season awards. Uh, so we decided to uh, put it to a vote for you all to vote in a poll over our mid-season player of the year. Uh, you can find that on NaplesNews.com or News-Press.com. Uh, we kind of narrowed it down to eight players. It turned out to be a good mix of Collier County players, Lee County players, offensive players, de- defensive players, guys who do a little bit of everything. So make sure to check that out. Uh, this week, you know, with with teams getting uh, a district game or two under the belt, we thought it'd be a good time to uh, remind you of what these districts are and maybe make some predictions on how they are going to shake out in these next few weeks. And let's start with a district that I'm not sure at all about how this is going to go. 4S15, Ida Baker, Lehigh, Riverdale, and Charlotte, these teams 
have uh, combined for three wins. Dan, how do you think this is going to go? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, it's Somebody has to win this district. Um, I, I, I think of the four teams, Baker is obviously – there's obviously a drop-off um, once you get to Baker. They're just really in a re- rebuilding uh, stage right now. Uh, we'll be better off in the years to come, but this, this is just a year they're going to have to take their lumps, even in district. Um, so, you know, then you've got Lehigh, Riverdale, and Charlotte. Riverdale's really been able to uh, run the ball. Uh, they have not been able to stop anybody on defense they're allowing over you know 36 points a game charlotte seems like they're kind of getting things back together maybe a little bit now beat riverdale 35 14 last week got their quarterback uh you know returned after he suffered an injury logan flaherty um didn't have great statistical performance just kind of like Bryce DeRoss at North, but, you know, kind of settles things down. I think it's really going to come down to uh, the Lehigh at Charlotte game on uh, October 27th. And if I had to pick somebody at this point, I think I'll pick Lehigh. They got their first win last week. I think they've got uh, the most athletic offense out of all of these teams. Um, They've got some real playmakers, some speed there. And uh, I think they'd be able to do enough. But it's really a toss-up, I think, between those three teams, Lehigh, Riverdale, and Charlotte. Yeah, I think, I mean, it might be recency bias, but I think I like the Tarpons here, um, just getting their quarterback, Logan Flaherty, back um, and, you know, starting out ahead with the win over Riverdale. I do think the Battle of the Bell, Lehigh-Riverdale, that could be interesting to see how, how it affects things in this district. Alex? Yeah, looking at this, I mean, I, I look at Lehigh because they, yeah, they were kind of losing big to programs early but those are good programs uh naples being one tampa catholic being another and lake gibson being a third program you know and they were putting up points on every one of those programs and you know despite being you know overmatched on both sides of the ball i think that's kind of a positive to take away i think when we look at those games does charlotte put up points in those games no i don't um i think lehigh is in good shape i think dorian mallory uh commanding the offense is a good thing and i think he'll his experience will pay off here in the end terrence smith is an alpha dog out wide um you know i i like lehigh because of the speed that they have and um i i think while charlotte may be on the up and up now i just think it's kind of too much to overcome for them next we'll go to class 4s16 which has gulf coast mockley and palmetto ridge Alex, is Gulf Coast going to repeat as district champions? Ugh, oh, boy. Um, you know, this just feels like a district no one wants to win right now, um, you know, especially after that Palmetto Ridge Gulf Coast game. Pretty sloppy. Um, Immokalee, to their credit, they are putting up points in, in the games that they're playing in, but they're also giving up points. Um, I like Immokalee, I think. I think they're going to – maybe surprise some people. Um, I, I just like what they're doing, and, and they're they're kind of the most, I guess, consistent on both sides of the ball. You mentioned two defensive touchdowns. They had another one in the Golden Gate game. Uh, that was their only form of offense. Um, Immokalee speed is Immokalee speed, as one coach told me. Um, I, I think you know they're probably in the best position because I feel like if they're behind, they can still get back into games where – I don't think you can really say the same about Gulf Coast. They're not a team that's designed schematically to play from behind this year. I just think Immokalee, with the stable of running backs they've got, you know, a decent quarterback, decent defense, I think they're kind of the favorite right now. Dan? 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's two-team race with Gulf Coast and Immokalee. That game is at Gulf Coast. Um, the one thing Gulf Coast has shown this year is is their defense, you know, has been really consistent aside from one game against Port Charlotte. Um, you know, they've, they've really held a lot of teams down, held South Fort Myers, uh, you know, in a game that went to overtime in the first week of the season. I think I would pick Gulf Coast just because they have the game. If this game was in Immokalee, I think I'd feel a lot better about picking Immokalee to win the district. But I think Gulf Coast will find a way at home and they'll ultimately end up winning. But I wouldn't discount Palmetto Ridge either that kind of throw a wrench into this uh, by, you know, knocking off Immokalee and Immokalee beats Gulf Coast. You could have a three-way tiebreaker, but uh, I'd have to go Gulf Coast at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. I I just think that experience from last year that might be able to help them but again it wouldn't surprise me if the indians were able to take this district as well moving down to 3s 3s 14 cape coral island coast mariner north this is what i like to think of as dan's district uh dan how do you think this is going to go well, I think it's really going to end up being determined by uh, the game in two weeks and when Mariner goes to North. I think Mariner, you know, they're 6-0. They're uh, obviously, they haven't played the toughest schedule that's been discussed in the past. So they have the opportunity to prove it, you know, out there uh, on the road uh, at Moody Field to uh, knock off a team that's kind of run the West, as they like to say, at North Fort Myers. And um, it's going to be tough. I think Mariner on their lines uh, can compete with North, and I think Mariner has a few more playmakers, especially with the way Justin Lewis has been playing this year. I think Mariner will find a way. I've been uh, high on Mariner all year, so I can't abandon a 6-0 and team now. So, uh, But it, it's going to be tough at North. The thing about that game is uh, I could see it being you know, a battle, but I could also see it being a blowout either way. Like It's really... Hard to, to see how that's going to shake out. Um, I'm going to just take Mariner uh, just because they've, they've started the season well and maybe that momentum is going to carry them. Um, Alex, do you think North has a chance to take the district? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do, and that's my pick to win. Um, you know, schedule matters, and, and yeah, Mariner 6-0, and but it's a, they're playing teams so far that have a combined record of 4-28. and um, they safe to say they haven't played the toughest competition whatsoever this year. Um, it reflects in our rankings. It reflects in the FHSAA's rankings. Um, North has been battle tested, um, and this team, I feel like they're hungrier to win every week because of what happened early on. The 0 and 4 start is is you know we haven't seen that at North in a while. Um, but if North wants to win, Bryce DeRoss has to get healthy. I think while Andre Devine and Virgil Malloy can maybe carry this offense and just chew clock, wear down the defense, um, it's always nice to have a quarterback back there if you need to make a throw. Um, but I, I just think North is has kind of been overlooked because of that 0-4 start. And props to Mariner for starting 6-0, and but you know they haven't really had much of a test at all this year. 3-S-15, Cypress Lake, Dunbar, Eastleigh County, Fort Myers, and South Fort Myers. This definitely feels like it'll come down to Dunbar, Fort Myers, and South Fort Myers. For me, I, I'm I think Dunbar will win, but South ha- has had a, such an impressive start to the season. Um, I think when South plays Fort Myers and when South plays Dunbar, one of those games I think they have a chance to pick off. I'm not sure which right now, but I, I definitely think the Wolfpack has a chance to throw a wrench into things. With Fort Myers, I, I just it's hard. I just don't think they've put together a complete game in the way that Coach Sirianni would have liked so far. But you can't count out the Grannies either. 
but I, I do like the Tigers uh, to to continue their streak of winning this district. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts? Well, obviously Dunbar, you know, they've already knocked off Fort Myers in, the, in that double overtime game. Um, so they've they've got a, a big win in the district already, and they get to host South uh, on October 27th. And uh, I, I don't... I don't see how you can pick against Dunbar in a game like that. South certainly has the the talent, uh, the ability to win that game, but that that's a tough ask. And uh, I, I I think Dunbar, you know, is proven uh, in, in this district, and I don't, I don't see a reason to to not pick them again. Yeah, the Tigers, good shape so far. They already are kind of halfway through. Basically, they already beat Fort Myers. Um, basically, one more game to really look at, and that's South and. Um, you know, that's the game that's kind of going to come down to. I mean, South can really play spoiler here, um, you know, because they control their own destiny, as does Dunbar. Um, I, I think, you know, South might provide a little bit of a, a scare to Dunbar. You know, well, let's hope, uh, like, uh, unlike two years ago, you know, this game isn't played on a Friday and a Saturday. Um, but, you know, I, I think Dunbar, they're just going to get better as the season goes, I think. Um, maybe that, hypothetically, if they were to lose to Lowndes, it might be a little bit of a good thing to kind of get their minds right and to, to focus on the bigger goal here, and that's to win the district first. But I just like Dunbar. I, I really think that their speed and their depth at the wide receiver spot is going to help them in this one. Well, one team not to overlook is East Lee, too. Uh, not to win the district, per se, but they could really throw a wrench into something by up, upsetting a South Fort Myers or upsetting a Dunbar. Um, they certainly had their opportunities against Fort Myers. One of these weeks, they're going to put it together, and they're going to knock off a team that they shouldn't, and that could really uh, play a large role in deciding who wins this district. One of the most interesting districts to me is 3S14. That has Baron Collier, Bonita Springs, Golden Gate, Lagley, and Naples. And that Golden Gate win over Naples kind of looms large here, and it, it makes for some really uh, spicy games down the stretch. Alex, who, who do you think is going to come out on top? I mean, it's Golden Gates to lose right now. Um, basically, only one game left. Um, you know, Baron, and we don't know if they're going to have Nico Boyce or not. Um, similar to East Lee, Laley could really mess things up here if they want to. Um, Laley's a team that I feel like if they could, if they were to get up for this game, which the Laley Golden Gate rivalry in any sport is one to get up for, they could really may, maybe have a little fun with this. But Golden Gate right now, you know, they have one. You know, they don't have a district loss. Um, Barron's got one. Naples has one. Right now, they're the front runner, and I think you know again that FBA loss might have been good for them. Um, you know they're on a buy now, um, a much needed buy. I mean they needed they needed something uh, to to move on from last week because that was tough. Um, but the Titans have been doing really well under Nick Bajika. I don't see how they won't win uh, against Barron and um, and Laley there. I, I just think it's theirs. Yeah, I'm a little less confident than you are, um, just because of how many points they gave up last week to First Baptist. I understand they're not going to be facing a First Baptist offense every week. But I do think Baron Collier and Laley, both of those games, are, are going to be dangerous to them. I mean, especially Laley, which, you know, we shouldn't overlook them. Um, the fact that their running game has picked right back up without uh, Javian Tantalus, with Nino Joseph. Yeah, that, that running game, you know, Woody Salusian on the line um, has been really, really underrated to start the season. I think Naples is just going to find a way. <laughs> I, I think I trust them to win out the rest of these games. So, yeah, I, I like the Golden Eagles here. Dan? I'm going to have to go with Golden Gate. Um, I agree with Alex. I, I think 
if you had to lose a game to kind of get everyone's attention again and say, hey, we haven't really done anything yet, even though we, you know, we beat Naples, one of the biggest wins in school history, uh, losing to a, you know, defending state champion out of your class in a real close game, that's a way to get everybody refocused down the stretch for the rest of these district games. So I, I think Golden Gate will finish the job. And I'm not sure how much time we need to spend on the next district, 2S16, that has Bishop Rowe, Estero, Gateway, Key West. I think this is three running clocks for the Vikings. Any disagreement here? Yeah, I agree with that. They're already a third of the way there. Yes. Um, pressure's on now, guys. Uh, you guys are five for five on the year. You, know, you should be able to run, manage running clocks in both of these games. Bishop Rowe should have no problems. Moving on to Class 1S, District 7, that has ECS, Moorhaven, SFCA. Moorhaven just got a win last week, 50-11 to 11 over the Kings. Dan, what do you think is going to happen here? Well, it's going to be decided next Thursday uh, when ECS goes to Moorhaven. Um, ECS, you know, had the undefeated regular season uh, last year. Uh, not going to have that this year, but they're playing a tougher schedule. I think that defense uh, is going to be able to uh, slow down Moorhaven enough. I think they still have a little bit of bitterness over, you know, winning the district, beating Moorhaven in the regular season, and then turn around losing to them uh, early in the playoffs at home. I think they'll return the favor next week. I think ECS will win and win the district. Yeah, I covered the Moorhaven SFCA game last week, and, um, you know, the score looks good, but uh, the Terriers had a lot of penalties called on them. Um, I do think with the schedule ECS has put together this year, um, even though the record may not be what it was, we'll put them in a position to to win that game against the Terriers. Alex? Yeah, it's really probably our, arguably our most competitive district alongside uh, 4S16 and 3S15. You know, it's it's a two-horse race, obviously, ECS and Moorhaven. Um, ECS, one of the more underrated receiving cores in the county. Uh, Moorhaven just always has speed. I, I like the Sentinels to win. Um, and maybe we see something similar to last year where ECS gets them the first time, but maybe in the playoffs, Moorhaven gets them. But we'll see. I think ECS, you kind of have to lean on them right now. Um, and I think they're going to come away with it. Another district that uh, is going to shake out in the next couple of weeks or so, uh, CSN, First Baptist, and Newman in Class 1S8. Dan, do you think First Baptist wins? I think so, even though Community Schools is the number one ranked team in uh, Class 1S, according to the FHSAA, I just I still do not understand those rankings and how they work. It still seems like they put the most emphasis on winning games, um, even though they say strength of schedule is supposed to factor in, all sorts of other things. And, you know, it used to just be winning games, and it, it seems like that, at least now, is, is how those rankings uh, shake out. Um, but First Baptist, best team in this district, they'll win. Yeah, and I think we saw last week the addition of Winston Watkins uh, just makes that offense so tough. Alex, if there was a case to be made for CSN, what would it be? There isn't one. <laughs> there just isn't. Look, it's very similar to Mariner. You know, the undefeated start, obviously, but you played a team from Ireland, and your best win is Northside Christian, who isn't really – you know, is they're not even a top 300 team in max preps right now. There's a lot of smoke being blown. You know, a lot of smoke screens here. You know, trying to make this district look competitive. It's not. It, this is First Baptists to lose. And, and until CSN can actually beat them on the field, there's no reason to suggest otherwise. Billy Sparasio, 
in his time with the Lions at his own CSN lately, and, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. All right, well, if anything, the Seahawks just got some bulletin board material there. As if they needed any more. <laughs> All right, after the break, we are going to look ahead to the next week and make some predictions. For more in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. Let's just do it, okay? Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep Zone. we go! All right, and welcome back to the final segment of this show. It is picks time. Uh, quick recap on last week. Uh, Dan DeLuca, eight wins, two losses. Gambled on Barron and, and did not get Golden Gate. I finished nine and one. Uh, rode the Golden Gate train, uh, came up short, and Dustin Levy, right back in the thick of things, perfect 10-0 and record. Uh, going into this week, Dan and I are tied, sitting at 50-10, and 10, 83%. Dustin, two games back at 48-12. and 12. Yeah, you said you had to make some gambles, and, and sure enough, you did. Uh, your, your thoughts on where you're at right now? Well, Winston Watkins came one touchdown short of my prediction, so I'm disappointed in that. Didn't you say 180 yards and three touchdowns? <laughs> I don't think I made a yardage prediction. I, I think I just said three three tutties. i got to go back and listen, though. <laughs> but we were talking about it being a prop bet, and I was like, whoa, okay. But, uh, yeah, Winston Watkins came through for you, came through for First Baptist at a critical time. Um, we're going to start in Collier County this week. Not many games down south, uh, you know, in Collier, but Naples at Palmetto Ridge is one. Uh, Dustin, you know, these two teams seem to be going in opposite directions. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think the only question here is uh, which of the Golden Eagles running backs is, is going to be the one to, to kind of take over because um, we, we've seen – Different guys every week, but I like the Golden Eagles. Kari Bendolf, former Palmetto Ridge Bear, leading the area in sacks this year. I bet he'll be amped up for this one. Um, no reason to pick against Naples. I feel like this team now, if they did get a second matchup with Golden Gate, I feel like that they'd be ready for it. Um, this team is just clicking right now. I'm going to go with Naples. Dan? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Naples wins this game. Of course. Going back up to Lee County, going up into the West Zone. Ida Baker at Island Coast, a battle of two uh, programs really looking to find consistency. Uh, I'll start with the pick here. I'm going to take Island Coast. They've kind of been in the games they played this year. You know, ECS only a 21-0 loss. Mariner, for what it's worth, I mean, hovering around three scores. Um, This team's able to compete, and that's just something Ida Baker has yet to show this year. Dustin? Yeah, I'm going to take the Gators. Um, Anthony Harris on defense has... Close to 80 tackles through five games. Uh, he's had a very dominant start of the season, and I just don't think uh, the Bulldogs are at that point yet where they're going to be able to, to make this a game. And those are legitimate tackles too, which is, is great to see. I mean, 20 tackles a game almost or hovering around 20. They're not lying about their stats. Uh, Dan? Yeah, I agree. I, I think Island Coast has a few more athletes on offense that will make plays, and uh, they'll win this game course uh one of the weirder games i've seen uh 
Game three on the slate, Gulf Coast heading to Cypress Lake. I'd have to see if Gulf Coast has even played Cypress Lake over the years. It just doesn't feel like a matchup that's happened. I'm going to circle it back to you, Dan, Sharks or Panthers? Uh, I'm going to go with the Sharks. I I just think, like I said earlier, that defense has been pretty consistent all year, and I I think they'll do enough to hold down the Panthers, and they'll score just enough uh, to win. Yeah, I think, as you mentioned, Alex, there's kind of a weirdness to this matchup. You know, there might be kind of a feeling out process. I think Gulf Coast only uh, beating Palmetto Ridge by uh, one score, you know, kind of gives me pause in taking them. But I, I do think they're going to come out on top against Cypress Lake. And, and coupling that in with Cypress's ability to either stop Dunbar or if Dunbar was shooting themselves in the foot, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, we've seen Dunbar do that a handful of times. Um, looking at the matchups in the Max Preps era, Gulf Coast is 3-1 and one against Cypress Lake. The last matchup uh, was November seventh, two 2008, so it's been nearly 15 years since the two squads have played. Uh, Cypress Lake actually won that game 42-39, to 39, but Gulf Coast won the last three by a combined uh, 14 points, 31-21, 31-28, 14-13. I, I just like Gulf Coast's physicality, and, and I like their defense here. I just think... You know, while this might be an anemic offensive game for both sides, I just think Gulf Coast gets the stops they need uh, to win this one. Fourth game on the slate, Aubrey Rogers headed to SFCA. This is a uh, a very interesting matchup. Uh, SFCA coming off a of bye week. Aubrey Rogers still seeking its first win. Dustin, do they get it here? I I don't think so. Um, I'm going to take the Kings here. Uh, they're getting a few players back this week according to head coach Roy Stabler. Um, and just the fact that the Patriots haven't been able to score more than 10 points in a game so far um, just makes it tough for me to, to pick them. Well, I like the coaching uh, at Aubrey Rogers. I just don't know if they're there yet as a team. That's you know, not being harsh, but it's you know it's been rough for them, unfortunately. And um, I, I think you know SFCA should be favored in this one. Mind you, the you know, our second transfer of the year um, that we've known about, uh, Brendan Sitar, he's an Astero product, um, came over to SFCA last week. This should be his varsity debut, so the receiving core gets another wide out. Not to say that his transfer over there, you know, changes the score of this game or changes the outcome, but I do think SFCA wins in part because of, uh, you know, just having a stable receiver. Dan? Uh, I really have no idea uh, about this one, but I'm going to go with Aubrey Rogers. Um, I think this is probably when they put their schedule together. It's probably a game they were looking at as, uh, you know, potential first win. Um, And I think they'll get it, but I really don't know. (laughs) But I'll pick them. You'll find out. We'll find out. This is the week, mind you, that anything can happen. There's just a lot of competitive games where, I mean, they truly could go either way. Um, that, that continues here. Gateway headed to Benita Springs. Um, you've got your air raid offense uh, with Gateway and Ty Williams, and then you've got your power run game with Riley DeRemer and Benita. Um, I'm going to start it here. Gateway, I, I just think they're putting something together. I, I think the Eagles are going to win this one. Um, you know, they were leading Astero at halftime. I think this team's getting closer to putting four quarters together, and I think they do that here on the road. Dustin? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Gateway, there's no doubt they're improved from a season ago, um, and they just need that one win, and I think they're going to get it next week. 
You going against us again? I think so. I think I'm going to go with Benita. Uh, Benita is out of these two teams, the only, the only team that has a win this year. They did beat Baker, and uh, I think the I think Benita will be able to control the ball enough. Uh, I think they'll limit the possessions that that Gateway will have, and this game is in Benita, so I'm going to go with the Sharks. Okay. Bull uh, Sharks. Yeah, Bull Sharks, not Sharks. Bull Sharks. Game number six on this slate. Uh, Charlotte at North Fort Myers. Uh, both teams finally got their first wins last week. Charlotte convincing over Riverdale. Uh, North Fort Myers uh, scores their win. I'll make the pick here. North Fort Myers is getting better. Um, I think if Bryce Ross can stay healthy, that's a good sign for them. But, I mean, Andre Devine, if he keeps putting up 200-yard games, I don't see how they're losing. This is a tough one. This is the only one that I hadn't picked in advance. Um, you know what? I, I'm behind you guys uh, with my record, so I'm going to take the Tarpons here. You know, maybe with their you – know, both these teams are, are getting back their quarterbacks from injuries. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going with the Tarpons. All right, split decision, Dan. Yeah, you could make an argument for Charlotte, certainly. With North, maybe they're looking ahead to Mariner next week, a district game. Uh, Charlotte does have a physical line. Uh, I just think North's lines are better, and North has a little more explosive uh, players on offense, and they are at home, uh, so I'll take the Red Knights. Okay, uh, game number seven, another game that I think can go either way, Cape Coral headed inland to Eastleigh County. Um, Eastley showed some promise in that first half against Fort Myers, even having leads, um, but just couldn't adjust to the second half, and, and Fort Myers exploited that in a 38-14 game. Uh, Cape Coral come down to earth after playing a subpar schedule to start 4-0. Dustin, starting it off with you, Seahawks, Jags, who you got? Yeah, it's been a tough couple weeks for, for the Seahawks. Um, just... Uh, and it, it's this game is about whether they'll be able to get back on track because if not, Eastley's explosiveness with Laz Rogers with uh, Gary Hagan, uh, that's just going to be really really tough. Um, I think the Jags are, are trending in the right direction here, so I'll take Eastley. Going to join you. Um, Eastley is, I mean, the fact that they're putting up points. I mean, I I just like that, and they're going to be facing a far. I guess not worse offense, but you know, compared to Fort Myers, we know who the better offense is between the two teams. Um, I'm going to take Eastley. I just I like what they're doing, and I and I think they're going to get their second win under Urban's Paul. Dan, yeah, I agree. I, you know, both these teams lost last week, but I, I think Eastley had a lot more positives uh, to take out of their performance um, returning home. Uh, I, I think they'll win. I think that the lineup, their offensive line, I I, I think is going to end up being the difference, um, and Eastley will win. All right, game number eight. Uh, this is a tough one. Um, I'll, I'll just be upfront about that. First Baptist heading to Wakiva. Wakiva is based out of Apopka. The Orlando area is very, very talented and very deep for football. Wakiva coming off a 29-22 loss to Orlando Edgewater, which is a consensus top five team in the state right now in, in the rankings. Edgewater has won 27 of its last 29. Wakiva hung around uh, the last two seasons against them in one-score contests. This FBA team is different with Winston Watkins in the fold. Jaden Petit being, I guess, it's so weird calling him a number two wide receiver given the promise he's shown. Um, I, I genuinely do not know how to pick this game just because of both sides, um, which is why Dustin will pick first. 
Oh, oh. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, First Baptist here. I think the addition of Winston Watkins just uh, makes that team too tough to defend. Even though Wakiba has a very good defense, highlighted by uh, Sincere Edwards, who's committed to Pitt on the defensive line. Um, but I, I just think, you know, who do you leave to, to cover uh, with Winston in the mix? Because uh, you have Petit, as you mentioned, and then Landon Walney, um, and then Sam Sprossi is back. So I'm going to take the Lions here. Yeah, this one, I mean, just flip a coin. I mean, I can't, I, I can't confidently pick a team either way. And it's just that's how close I think this game is going to be. Um, very similar to Golden Gate FBA last week. Um, I'm going to go with the home team, and, and I say that very reluctantly. I'm holding my nose, basically, on this one. I just I, I just think Wakiva finds a way to pull one out. I mean, as a defense, they have nine picks through six games, and you know they have four fumble recoveries. They force 13 takeaways in six games. Um, that'll play. I, and I just, you know, you look at this team, they have a tough strength of schedule, um, I, I just like what they're doing, and especially competing in a one-score game against Edgewater. I just I like what they're what I think they're gonna do, um, and, and they're also not traveling three plus hours away to play in this one. Not saying FBA will come off the bus flat, but it's always tough um, as a road team to do that. Dan. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with First Baptist. Uh, I think they really kind of proved something last week against Golden Gate, and I think they'll keep that going. All right. Well, I've picked against First Baptist the last couple weeks. Uh, probably going to bite me again, but we'll see. Um, next game on the slate, Bishop Vero heading to Tampa Jesuit. Another game that's uh, very similar, just as tough to pick. Um, Vero has running clocked every opponent it's played on the field this year. Um, I think it's safe to say that that will come to an end, and, and I think that you know, that's probably consensus within uh, maybe the locker room. But, you know, would the coaches love to see another running clock? Of course they would. Um, but Dan, Vero, Jesuit, both teams have had a good quality win. Who are you liking? I picked against Vero once this year. I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to take Vero. Dustin? I'm taking the Vikings, too. Um, according to the FHSA rankings, uh, Jesuit has played the much tougher schedule. But uh, Vero, you just can't pick against them at this point with the way they started the season. Yeah, and Jesuit has shown vulnerability. I mean, this is a team that, you know, they, they played some decent opponents, um, but one constant in, in many of them, with the exception of maybe Armwood and Leto, their two most recent games, they, their run game is virtually non-existent. Uh, Justin Thurman is a Notre Dame commit who, you know, before uh, his three carries for 58 yards and two touchdowns against Lito, I mean, even after that, he's averaging just 3.3 yards a carry. Um, he been it was 2.3 yards a carry headed into that game. I just, you know, this Jesuit team doesn't really have much of a ground game. I think Vero's going to expect an air raid similar to FBA, um, and I, I think Jesuit might do it a little bit more better and efficiently, um, especially having a four-star quarterback of their own in Will Griffith. But it's tricky. I mean, Jesuit is a very talented team. Uh, Vero, arguably just as talented. Um, very easy to give Vero bulletin board material this week, but I think they go up to Tampa Jesuit, and I think they win. I think they're going to stay undefeated on the year, and you know that's really their last test of the regular season. Um, and they, they'd be looking at an undefeated regular season. But I, I just like Vero, and I think they're going to come away with a win. Last game on the slate, our game of the week 
It's going to feature two uh, top 10 programs in Southwest Florida. Baron Collier headed to South Fort Myers. This used to be a district matchup. Uh, it is no longer. Cougars, you know, they have their problems, um, you know, especially with the question marks with Nico Boyce at quarterback. South Fort Myers, you know, they showed some grit on the road against Immokalee. Dustin, going to start it with you here. Wolfpack Cougars, the Battle of Felines. So. This is a tough one. Um, as you mentioned, there's the question of Nico Boyce's health. But even if he's not able to to get in this one, I think they'll have Brian Williams ready. He, he definitely showed himself capable last week versus Naples. My question, though, um, is just how they'll hold up against the South defense. Didn't mention it earlier, but uh, to seal that game against Immokalee, uh, Mike McDonald with a pick six, his fifth interception in the last four games. Um, they're, they've just shown themselves to be a really, really tough group. And uh, another thing, I'm not sure about Barron's secondary because I literally didn't see only like a couple passes against Naples last week. Um, and obviously South has some good receivers, um, starting with Justin White. So I like the Wolfpack here. I, I must correct myself. And yes, I went to high school, guys. It is not a battle of felines. It's a battle of felines and canines. Um, so... You know, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong before you give me crap, but uh, gonna, you know, probably gonna join you here. South Fort Myers looking real good, um, I, and I think I say that because I think the writing was on the wall um, two weeks ago when you saw Amokley kind of do a little number on uh, Barron's run defense. It wasn't particularly pretty uh, for them, even though you know Barron did win the game. Uh, they had a total of close to 250 rushing yards. Uh, maybe more, and then uh, Naples exploited that for 400 more. You know, Barron's got a problem on the in the front seven. They're just giving up too many rushing yards. Um, I like South to maybe exploit that, or maybe chasing Gita to do that. You know, South Fort Myers. I think they moved to five and one. Yeah, I agree. I think South's stronger in all three phases. Really, I mean, they have a good kicking game, special teams. Uh, they've been very consistent defensively. Made the plays when they needed to make them, even though they gave up probably a few more points than they wanted to last week at Immokalee. And uh, offensively, they're able to move the ball through the through the run and and through the air. Um, so I like the Wolfpack. That'll sum up the pick segment. Someone's going to be in the lead next week. We think someone will be an outright leader. You know, good little slate of games this week. Tough to pick. Uh, but be sure to go to news-press.com slash sports and naplesnews.com slash sports. I'm going to have a pretty uh, large feature, literally, um, on a local player that is going to be pretty exciting. Uh, never heard of this one before, but it's uh, probably one of the more interesting features I've written. So be sure to check that out Friday morning when it goes live. Um, our picks will be up uh, later this week. You can go to those on our both of our websites and uh, never forget to follow our buddies uh, Dan DeLuca, Dustin Levy, and myself at MP underscore Alex Martin, at News Press Dan, and at Dustin B. Levy on X. Uh, we'll be tweeting out live updates uh, from our games. Uh, so it should be an exciting week of football, very Lee County heavy uh, this week. So uh, just be prepared for that. So for those guys, I'm Alex Martin signing off of Season 6, Episode 8 of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Wednesday at noon to get you ready for upcoming games. One, two, three.